When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bold, reverent, and occasionally random. The Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast starts now. Excited for the Super Bowl this weekend. One Buck Sexton is even going to be in Las Vegas, he's doing a speech. Uh, he'll be watching the uh, Super Bowl from an airplane. Best Super Bowl snacks, by the way. Uh-oh. Buck on the video oh, that's right, is bringing Clay. in a super cute kid. Because you were, I had a six-month-old, and you were disappointed at, at me rising up on your on your puppy by having a six-month-old on my lap. And you have, what is the, is he about a, a year and a half? Oh, it's ex- roughly yeah, he's, right. He's a year and a half, isn't that right? He's about eighteen months. This is my nephew, Callahan Cal. Oh, and he is a uh, he is a, a super cute, eighteen month old, super cool dude. And he is sitting at the mic, so he's making his radio debut. He does love electronics. So if you're watching us on the Clay and Buck stream at clayandbuck.com as a VIP, you will see Callahan. You want to wave to everybody? Hey, little buddy, he's hanging with Uncle Buck. That's Clay. That's Uncle Clay over there. You'll hang out with him again soon. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, if Clay's going to show up with adorable babies, i got to show up with a cute toddler. This is, this is the arms race now on our live stream that we've got going on. He's, yeah, we got puppies, we got babies, now we got toddlers. There's no telling what's going to show up next. Hello, Callahan. Nice to meet you. Good for you to make your television debut, waving to everybody, your streaming debut at a minimum here. Uh, this is good. They're they're visiting Miami at a good time of year. Yeah, well, it's a great time to be here for sure. So, every, anyway, he's uh he's he's being a good guy. I don't want him to. We, it, it is a nap time over here, and so we're at the end of the show. So I don't want to keep him beyond uh beyond his. I don't. He seems pretty chill right now. I what need else a nap. You got I'll tell mind? you what. Vegas is taking a lot out of me, Buck. I'm going to take a nap today. I think before uh, before I get into the weekend. And a lot of you we, out we, there. I have, I have one question. I have two questions for you. Actually, go to. Thing to do in Vegas and go to Super Bowl snack. Super Bowl snacks. Allie says nachos. Mark, this is the show staff, by the way. Buffalo chicken dip. Mason goes wings. Engineer Rachel says, by the way, her baby brother sworn in as a New Jersey police officer this morning. That is fantastic. 
She says baby hot dogs, which is not a thing. Like, there's pigs in a blanket. I've actually never heard the phrase baby hot dogs to define a Super Bowl snack. What would you go with, Buck? You're going to be uh, on an I, airplane, so you're going to get, uh-oh. like, pretzels uh, while the Super Bowl is going on. Uh-oh. He wants mommy. Well, we got Take it. We got bed. it. There we go. Callahan <laughs> was good to... for about uh, about two minutes, which is good for an 18 good. He lasted for a bit on his national radio debut. Um, it's funny. I'm rehabilitating the name Uncle Buck single-handedly, by the way. I'm just saying the John Candy character will no it was longer be a great movie. The... It's good. I Look, I was a John Candy fan back in the day. Great outdoors. Anyway, uh, it's old best, 76er. Best, um, I, I think it's tough to beat uh, really good nacho. I view chili. See, here's my thing, and this is controversial, and I don't want you getting in trouble after your whole salsa queso debacle, Clay. So just be, you know, be cautious on this one. Uh, I think that it is difficult to beat. Uh, nachos have so much versatility, and they qualify as both an appetizer and an entree, depending on what goes on them. Depending on how the much protein meat's content. there. Yes, yes. For me, I love chili, but chili is an entree for like I will eat just a big bowl of chili. So I, I don't view that as as like a one of the 10 things I would have at a Super Bowl, per se, because to me, that's an entree. It's almost like a burger. Like a burger, is, I love probably my favorite food all in, maybe steak, but you don't have like a burger and six other things as part of the appetizer uh, menagerie. So to me, the toughest one is what can I not stop eating at a at a Super Bowl party? And it is a dip, right? If you've got a really good buffalo queso dip style, I'm talking about like multiple different things thrown in. I could, and, and by the way, it doesn't even have to be fancy. I could eat chips and dip, like French onion dip, just in the like in the in the in the plastic container. I could, I think I could eat a whole French onion I, thing. I just want you to know that. Like Trump Clay, we always leave room on the team. And so you slipping onto Team Queso there very slyly, it's okay. We welcome I, you the, back it's after It's not your just Queso. It's the whole buffalo chicken dip combo all rolled in together. And uh, by the way, um, I think it's going to be an awesome Super Bowl. I can't wait to see you out here in Vegas. My go-to in Vegas is I, I just think the food's incredible. Um, I like to gamble. I like to play blackjack would be my go-to. But the restaurants out here are amazing. We're going to have Mexican tonight. I can't wait. I That's my thing, too. I, I'm one of those people who, when other people are excited about, you know, either the gambling or the nightclubs or the or the shows, you know, I've actually never even been to a Vegas show, um, which maybe I should go. But uh, I get excited about the restaurant scene there. A lot of it is actually replication of what's in New York, some of the very famous places in New York. Um, but they're it's great. I mean, they've made it a real... Vegas is a legitimate culinary destination now. You can get some great food. And you know what else? My wife would say her favorite thing to do in Vegas is actually shop because the amount of high-quality shopping experience is almost unparalleled anywhere in the United States now. Um, So it's going to be a zoo out here. I can't wait to see how all of this is going to be shaken out. Uh, We'll be back on Monday. I'm going to go get a steak on Saturday. And while I'm eating that steak, as I did last night when I also had a steak, I'm going to be thinking about myself, where should Buck Sexton take me? Because there's no way on earth Joe Biden is going to be the Democrat nominee. For all of you listening, I want you to be very clear. I'm going to make Clay cut up. I'm going to put on a little bib, and he's going to cut up my steak (laughs) for me now. The more he pushes on this, when either Biden or Kamala are the nominee... I'm going to have a little bib, and I'm going to be dabbing the quarters of my mouth as Clay feeds me my Wagyu. 
Don't mistake how much now Buck's dropping in Kamala. Used to be Joe Biden's running no matter what. Now it's like, well, I've always been talking about it. It's going to be Biden or Kamala. Now you're throwing on the, the Kamala argument. Go to the tape. Go to the tape. Like in Vegas, everything here is recorded. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. We thought we'd have a little bit of levity because the dumbest show in television continues to have the dumbest takes in television. Uh, And uh, today's, uh, yesterday's, dumbest take that I thought all of you should hear. Sonny Hostin, card-carrying member of the far left wing in this country, who has been arguing that America is an awful racist uh, place and that uh, um, white supremacists are overrunning the country, uh, had an uncomfortable discovery yesterday. She found out, based on a genealogy test, that, oh, by the way, uh, many of her ancestors were slave traders and slave owners. Uh, And this was her reaction yesterday. Listen. I finally decided to do it because I thought it'd be helpful for my children and my children's children to know what their real history was, you know. But what I found out was that my mother's family, while they are Puerto Rican, they actually originate from Spain. And the reason that they moved to Puerto Rico is because the slave trade mm-hmm. had been sort of canceled in Spain and then Curacao, and then they moved all of their slaves to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And so the, biz- the family business, I have been told that they were printers and journalists, but they were, in fact, enslavers. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother... <laughs> so oh, fell over the audience. It was deeply disappointing. <laughs> all right. That is amazing. So it's amazing on on a, on, a, on a couple of different levels or a few different things that come to mind here. One is that you know uh, you know that this is far more disappointing. Like I don't know why Sonny Hostin really. Like, why do people care what they're? I mean, how many generations back are we going here? Right? I mean, you've got to be going back. Great, 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 great grandfather or grandmother, right? I mean, you're going back so many generations. If I'm descended from somebody who was an axe murderer in the year 1850, like, do I care? Do I feel badly about this? I mean, I'm not, by the way, from what from what at least my grandparents told me. But that's not the point. The point is, why should anyone feel I, I completely reject any responsibility notion. whatsoever for what people did before you were born is not on you as an individual. But I want to play this because I love it, but but I. It's not just that her family was slaveholders. It's that they actually left Spain with their slaves when Spain ended slavery and took them to Puerto Rico so that they could continue to profit off of the slave trade. They were like uh, they were like slave trader 2.0. They weren't even when the when their home country was like slavery's wrong, we're going to do it away with it. They then took all their slaves to a new country so they could double down on slavery. And by the way, Sonny Hostin, I bet, is making money on both ends of the equation here because I bet she got admitted to college based on the legacy of affirmative action of slavery. Meanwhile, her family got rich off slavery. Like, she's actually benefiting off both ends. But you know what she said, Buck? She said she still supports reparations. I believe we have audio of Sonny Hostin, even though her family was double slave traders they 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 were like the original og slave traders they they were like spain we're doing away with it no 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 we're taking our slaves with us to puerto rico listen to sunny hostin say reparations still need to happen 
I, I still believe in reparations. I still believe this country has a lot to do in terms of racial justice. But what I will say, Sarah, to your question is that I feel that I'm enriched by knowing that history. Yeah. I, I'm enriched. And I'm enriched by knowing that my family has come so far from being enslavers to my mother marrying my father in 1968. Well, yeah. Okay. First of all, if she still believes in reparations, Buck, the, the easy response there is, okay, go pay them. If, if you desperately believe, if you're out there listening to us right now and you're like, I will never escape the stain of slavery. Four, 400 years ago, somebody in my family, it turns out, had a slave. I can't sleep at night. I feel so awful about what my ancestor did. No one is stopping Sonny Hostin from paying reparations out of her own pocket. Yeah, but She can go pay reparations to anybody she wants, right? Also, Why should the government thing, be obligated when she's the enslaver? I, I reject. Yeah, but this is the same thing when you say, if you want higher taxes, you can just write a bigger check to the government. Why are you making other people lose more of their money via the force of the state, right? People don't want to live their principles. They want to just espouse them so they're made to think, yes. people think that they're good people. Uh, but I, I this whole thing of really what it turns into, the entire case ultimately for reparations for affirmative action for all of this in this country okay affirmative action a little different because it goes you know you're talking about stuff that was going on in in the 60s and um but generally speaking you are punishing the generation today for what was done generations ago and in some cases so many generations ago that nobody was alive nobody remembers anybody and what what ultimately is the justice principle that is behind all of this. Like, you're holding people responsible for what their ancestors did. If you go back far enough, all of our ancestors were really just concerned with staying alive yeah, and uh, and didn't really care very much about what the social justice implications of their country, their tribe, their religious affiliation, whatever we're doing. They were just trying to stay fed and not die of plague or some kind of, you know, barbarian invasion. So... And this whole thing is ridiculous. I mean, that's the and the fact that she's so disappointed is what's so hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sad that you know I come from. But this is it's exactly the like the conversation over Yale. Elihu Yale was a slave trader. The guy that Yale University is named after didn't just own slaves. He was part of the human trafficking of slavery to sell slaves to thousands of other people or hundreds of other people over his time. And they're never changing the name of uh, the name of Yale University because the whole point of going there is it's Yale. What's also interesting to me on the uh, the reparations argument, you were hitting on this a little bit. Anybody who understands basic history understands that if you go back far enough, every single human, I, I mean this, has had people who were slaves and also had people who enslaved in your ancestral lineage. I, I believe every single one of us, if you go back far enough, slavery has been with us for most of human history. Yeah. I mean, just, you, you know why we don't know more about the slave trade that was pre-Columbian in the Americas? Because they didn't have writing. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, this is the truth. You know, if anyone's wondering, there, there's no written records. And there was slavery practice. Some of the what we call the native tribes engaged in slavery. The Aztecs. In, we're, we're a massive slave empire. Now, we know that there's some you know record of it because of the in, interactions with the conquistadors, most notably Hernan Cortez. But uh, th- this, is, th- this idea that it was only 
like a Western invention. It, well, it's just ahistorical. It's just incorrect. And I'm not even talking about the slave trade in white Christians that went on for about 300 years at the hands of uh, Muslim, mostly North African, but Ottoman, the Ottoman slave trade, effectively. Uh, but people don't even want to hear this stuff, right? I mean, they, they or the blessed Native Americans who we all have to uh, now, you know, on the left wing, they give like, this is not our native land. Like every just about Native American tribe enslaved the tribes that they beat as well, right? So, but, but what I'm saying is, there's there's yeah. just not that much in terms of detailed record of this. Was there's a big uh, there's a, a native. And even the term we use, but it's also so Native American. Is yeah, a, I know. You know, like we have to have a better term than this. I understand people don't, you know, like uh, some of the other terms, which I understand why there's some back and forth on that. But uh, there's like a big mass grave. This just came up recently where effectively uh, one Native tribe was engaged in a war of extermination against the other. Uh, it's uh, I think it was a the uh, Creek tribe or the Crow tribe. Uh, they you know, hundreds of bodies. You know what I'm talking about? This just yeah, came and they up basically recently. exterminated their rival. Yeah, that's right. Yes, and just built a giant mass grave of all the dead bodies, men, women, and children. But the only bad people, white European settlers. They're the only yes. people who have done bad things for the last five. Well, yeah, only people in bad in things all last of human years. history. The only bad people are white Europeans. I'm, I'm going to tell you this even extends so far that you know what? The Japanese get a bit of a pass in World War II. We're always talking about how evil the Nazis were, and of course, Nazi evil was extreme. The Japanese were really as evil in a lot of ways. Uh, if oh, you're an American POW, pillaged, I mean, Korea, the, you the were better off to be picked up by a Nazi patrol than a Japanese Imperial patrol in the Second World War by the numbers. I mean, it was close, but I mean, you know, in terms of how likely you were to survive, think about that for a second. As a prisoner, it's crazy. You're right. I'm just saying. So, you know, we anyway, one day we'll just do the, like, history you're not allowed to talk about show, which would be... Uh, That's a great idea, actually. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. 
You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to a hundred dollars. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay. That's C L A Y to get set up and get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Sundays with Clay and Buck. King Charles had surgery recently for prostate-related issues, um, and they just released the Buckingham Palace did reports that they have found cancer. In, uh, in King Charles, not related to the uh, prostate. Now, they haven't said where the cancer is, but he's going to be, according to the statement, beginning immediate treatment for that cancer and is postponing all his public duties. Uh, again, for those of you out there who follow this, King Charles has only been king for a couple, what is it, like a year and a half now, Buck? I mean, it's a relatively short period of time. Um, and... Uh, and hopefully this is not super serious cancer, uh, but he waited 75 years to be the king, and uh, and now this has come out. And for those of you like me who watch The Crown, uh, they're okay. pro- and Buck now, I got I got I got to admit something. Carrie and I have gotten deep into The Crown now. Yep, and it gets a lot better. I'm also I'm so I was uh, very pleased to see that they talked about the Marburg Papers, you know, so that people can know that the former. Uh, king and the abdicated king of Great Britain was a pro-Nazi scumbag who wanted to, you know, take over when the Nazis would defeat the United Kingdom. And I mean, it's really bad. That's all real, by the way. The Margaret, that's a real thing that the show dives into, something that the uh, British royals, if you look at the British royals for the last, oh, 100 years or so, there's some pretty bad stuff going on. Um, There's a lot of some of it still today. Uh, so I, I, I'm torn, Clay, because on the one hand, the crown is an amazingly well-executed world. I mean, just the best production values, the best writing uh, set. It's a phenomenal and show. And it's just, it's a show done at an A-plus level. And I do think it's very good entertainment. But I also think the British royal family is preposterous and that it will be effectively a series of museums with nobody actually uh, in the roles anymore, like Buckingham Palace will just be a museum within fifty years, maybe less. It'll it'll be a, well. So we wish Charles well. I mean, that's going to be a big story, and certainly just in terms of American allies around the globe, uh, it would be. I mean, kind of crazy if Prince William ascended to the throne 
because he's relatively young. What is he like? Forty years These old. People right have now? no power. They're just celebrities. I don't understand. What do you mean? Like they don't. They don't, they don't mean anything. I, this is what I don't I, understand. I, look, what season of the Crown are you on? Uh, I'm. I'm at. Uh, what did it happen? She's marrying the guy who's kind of a uh, you know lives a alternative lifestyle. All right. The, so yeah, I Prince I, uh, Princess Margaret, right? She's marrying a guy who Princess you know. Margaret. All right, is uh, is the sister of the Queen. Um, I think Queen Elizabeth Buck is one of the great heroes of the 20th century. I really do. I I really like her. <laughs> I, I, I could not disagree more. I don't know. I don't. Get I it think all. I think the royal family during World War II was incredibly important. Obviously, Churchill. Uh, the prime minister, the way that they organize things there. I mean, you, you heard and, what I said, though, right? I, the king was colluding with the Nazi high command when he was in Portugal. This was real in order to... And they had to send him to the Bahamas who, to pretend like he wasn't the, the, the scummy traitor that he actually was to the British people. The the Queen Elizabeth's uh, dad or the one that no the himself? uncle yes. the uncle the, the guy who married Wallace Simpson I, yes. I forget it's you know they've all King got numerals Edward after the their eighth, names I it's think all the same Edward the Eighth I think was the one who abdicated yes he yeah. was an awful scumbag but Queen Elizabeth I really like Queen Elizabeth and I think she has she was an important historical figure who did good work so we will see uh, you, you should I do bring- a poll you should do a poll right now Mister Polster is Queen Elizabeth or was she a you know a pleasant anachronism but a glorified celebrity find the better pithier way of saying this or an important historical figure that helped unite the british people i think it's undoubted that she was the latter and this calumny being cast upon queen elizabeth's memory i'll have you know is an affront against uh, all that she did that is so incredible we fought a war so these clowns would leave us alone, and I have no interest in pretending like the monarchy has anything to offer the world at this point. But you know what's interesting about this? I got derailed on this. I blame Greg for updating me about the cancer diagnosis because I had no idea. I wouldn't have known anything about Prince Charles's cancer diagnosis, but then I was like, you know what? We should probably mention do, this. Do, do you know what I want? I actually, I actually want the one who's married to Meghan who talks like this, who's Harry. I want him to be king. So then everyone can sit around, and he can wear stupid costumes, and they can act like this guy, Harry, has something worthwhile to say about anything, as long as Meghan says it's okay. Harry, as king, would be a disaster. I don't even know what would happen. Uh, he's not in line for the throne anymore, is he? Now that he's stepped down as the prince? Like, what would happen if, oh, it would go to, uh, I guess you'd have like a king regent situation? I don't even know how it would work. He'd have to ask Meghan first. What does Meghan think? <laughs> I think that there would have to be a king region. And oftentimes, by the way, it's a crazy story. For those of you who have toured the Tower of London, a lot of those king regent situations back in the day, the young prince was often offed. Something unfortunate would happen to the young prince. And the line of, uh, the line of authority, that's one of the, the stories. You know, they, they don't know what happened to one of the young princes who just disappeared in the Tower of London. Um, and uh, and his, I think his uncle ended up taking over the throne. They think that he was murdered. It's one of the f- sort of fascinating and also awful stories. I think it was in the 1600s or the 1500s. Uh, I don't think that, you uh, have yet. I have yet been able to impress upon you the the that top level of nerdiness where you would listen to my uh, real Dracula podcast from years ago uh, released on Halloween. But it talked about the life and times of Vlad uh, the Vlad the Second, Vlad Chepes the Impaler. 
who was raised, he was a, a prince of, of Wallachia, raised in the imperial Ottoman court. So the enemy, he's given to them as a hostage, and he learns, obviously, Turkish language, Turkish military, Turkish bureaucracy, and there are other hostages who try to escape back to, and they're blinded, so they actually like put their eyes out with a hot poker. So that was a big no-no. If you were in the royal court of the Ottomans, you better stay or else. But then he got to go back and fight against the Ottomans later, having been a hostage raised in their court under threat of execution if his dad actually broke any of the treaties that he had with them. This is how people used to live. That is, um, and by the way, to tie it in with something that people might have seen, the Bram Stoker version of Dracula, for people out there, begins with, do you remember the opening scene yes, where it's Vlad the Impeller and it shows uh, like the the way that that battle and that that war actually took place? I don't know how historically accurate it is. You would know better than me uh, based on that. Well, uh, there was, there that was actually there was a, a famous incident where the Ottoman advance at night, Vlad Chepes, who was a, a terrible psychopath and did enjoy executing people in the most gruesome ways possible. And so there there is, he was a bad guy. He was not a good guy, but he was formidable. And he led the night attack of Torgovista, where they, this was, you can imagine, this is not, there's no, not even there's no night vision. They don't even have flashlights. Um, but they tried to make a play to kill the Ottoman Sultan in his tent at night by advancing under cover of darkness with his best fighters. And they actually got pretty, they, they went to the wrong tent, if I recall, but they got pretty close. So he was kind of like a spec ops guy, but a sociopath too. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 